Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Rise and shine, St. Louis. It's the Ryan Kelly Morning After on KPNT-FM HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. At the Morning After STL on YouTube and on TMASTL.com. With Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode, The Plowboy, and Action Jackson. 707 in St. Louis, you're listening to the Ryan Kelly Morning After. It is the Munganass St. Louis Hacker and Alton Toyota 7 o'clock hour. Welcome, friends, to our Michelob Ultra Studios, Timothy Michael McKernan, Douglas Elvin Vaughn, Kenneth Iggy Stroh, the Plowhawk, and Action Jackson with you here on the radio program, a program that solicits your involvement to make up for the lack of capabilities of the five people on it. You can text in to the EDF group, text inbox 314-881-TMA5. We're going to make this a press conference Monday. Oh. So many topics to discuss. 636-9004-TMA is how you can call in and, of course, email in for our design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day, the morning after at InsideSTL.com. Doug, it's a Sadie Hawkins. What's your lead? Oh, geez. Well, uh, I guess when there's a lot out there, it's it's usually the Cardinals. I know you guys probably prefer the U.S. Open or maybe Plowsy's trip to Milwaukee. Yeah, did you see a ghost? Yeah, did you see any ghosts up there? No, no, but I absolutely loved it. Didn't really know what to expect. You know, it's a new city. I, like I told you guys right before the show, I, I thought it would be more comparable to St. Louis in terms of you know, harder to find maybe things to do. Again, I, I knew very little to nothing about it. you stay downtown? We did. Yep. We, stayed, we stayed on... The ballpark's uh, not downtown, though, is no, it? No, we stayed in the Third Ward, which reminded me a lot of a mix of Tower Grove, Central West End. Meets downtown, because oh. there's still residential down there. But the yeah. ballpark, free shuttle service to the bars in that area. So it took us about 18 minutes for a shuttle to get to the stadium. Huge parking lot. People were tailgating like crazy. Really? It was fun. It was so much different than I anticipated. The weather were perfect, like 70 and breezy. So mm-hmm. St. Louis is better than Milwaukee. No, I I, I was pissed at St. Louis. No. The more I walked around Milwaukee, <laughs> yeah. the more I didn't get berated by people. There was no trash. Everything was mm-hmm. so clean, yeah. bustling. Uh, I just was blown away. Could easily see why people would live there, 100%. Yeah. Now, when I walked in, the uh, big ESPN was on the... Um, was on... I guess the speaker's coming out by the elevator, uh, national ESPN. And as soon as I walk out of the elevator, I don't know how you can think LeBron is better than MJ. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, does a produ- Can you see a producer actually starting? Let's, let's break down MJ and LeBron today. We haven't done that in a while. The thing with that my is God almighty. It always gets texts. You can always hammer one point or the next. It's a perfect topic to regurgitate every morning. Yeah. And I love that take, Iggy. 
Doug, oh, we went from Milwaukee <laughs> to an anecdote. Change of subject. I was just telling you what I heard on We're the big ESPN. We're vacation right well, now. I would kind of die. And I, I did stop. You said Sadie Hawkins, and we could talk about what they talked about, like for the 19th well, time Doug, this month. Doug, Doug is the cute little lady at the square dance. And he gets to pick who he wants to dance with. Doug, that's the Sadie Hawkins. Okay, I appreciate And you chose Plowhawks Milwaukee. Yes, that's what I'm most interested in. And I wanted to see if he saw a ghost. And But you did not see the ghost. I did not. You didn't stay at the Fister. The Fister is the name of the hotel we, with a P. Mm. We didn't. We stayed at, uh, at a hotel that was like catty-corner to a strip club, which is kind of cool. But you didn't go to the strip club. No, it, it almost... It almost tried to hide itself. What as was the, what was the name of the stag bar? I'd like to look up. Okay, so it is by the Fairfield Inn and Suites. Okay. Right That's right kind on of a West humble brag. You know, that is, you know who that is, Tim, right? Uh, I've, I've never been to the state of Wisconsin. I, well, I can't think of the name because, like I said, right before, they tried so hard to hide that it was a full-blown strip club. Oh, now, they had two bouncers outside, oh. but it, they wanted to maybe look like it was a nightclub crowd. You know, they were kind of patting everybody down. Did these bouncers get you in a hammerlock? <laughs> no, no. They were great. They were great. Um, but, yeah, I did not happen to go in there. It was certainly with uh, Madison's parents. Oh, I didn't realize oh, your parents. Yeah, okay. no, but they're, they're cool. Club. No, no, they're, they're cool as hell. I was, you know... Rolling blunts in the hotel. Like, they're cool nice, people. Nice. In they're the great. hotel? They're, you're smoking I'm, in the hotel? I'm not smoking. No, I'm getting them ready for, again, we walked probably 20 miles, I would say, in Milwaukee. Huh. Yeah, we did our steps. About 20 miles of walking for the weekend. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. When you see some of these other cities our size, it can really get you depressed about what's happening I was here. so bummed because yeah. of, I mean, St. Louis did have that potential. But it, what they did to the downtown area, certainly having a basketball team and a yeah. baseball, like certainly having. Um, is the Bucks know, people, Arena downtown? Yeah, it is. Yeah, could it be the uh, Silk Exotic? That silk is Exotic. Yeah, thank silk you. Exotic. Thank oh, you, Iggy. Nice. But it only said Silk on the uh, on the sign. So that, a scarf. Yeah, oh, bait and sweet. Hilarious. Nice job, Iggy. I just looked it up. The Doug, it's the Silk Exotic Milwaukee like Gentleman's Club. Like yeah, this. you're right. Silk Exotic on the water. Nice. This one, we were about a block and a half from the water. It was, again, like, again, not I did not expect to be water right there. They had a water walk, like a river walk, they call it. There were people partying on, like, pontoons. Like, it was, it was wild. It was perfect weather, too, for the whole weekend, so yeah. I imagine that's why it was rowdy. Doug, uh, they have a Twitter account if you'd like to follow them. It's Silk okay, Milwaukee. I don't really need to. What pictures kind, from the of, champagne room. What kind of hot takes are they spitting out? <laughs> <laughs> I need they got like some of the scrippers on there. The, si- yeah, the, the sidewalk right in front of it looks good. And our <laughs> and our hotel was right <laughs> across the street nice. called the Third Market. And you know what was in the Third Market, Doug? Hmm. An ESPN affiliated radio station. Wow, 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 Right there, I was so close to giving takes. Giannis takes. Gorman Thomas takes. I I've decided that MJ is better than LeBron. Mind if I have five minutes? Uh, but love Milwaukee. We'll oh. definitely be going back. Have an experience to winter there, so you can't really. Why did you go? Was it just like for a weekend shoot? Just random. God yeah. bless. Six hour drive was. I mean, it was cake. Yeah. Ain't not far from Chicago either. You can mm-hmm. bop over there for a weekend. I think it was an hour from Chicago, maybe. Downtown St. Louis looked pretty good Saturday night. That Luke Combs concert. They had all, all the other buildings had their lights on and it was lit up and that looks bunch sweet. of people downtown right up until the Washington. Street Massacre later that night. They had their own Ten party there. Yeah. There's like five concerts in town this weekend. That, uh, Iggy, I was just, that was going to be my next point. There was a lot going on in St. Louis in terms of music. Yeah, yeah. Gun, gunfight at the OK Corral was 
Like going on down there in Washington. <laughs> Nine teens were injured and one killed in a shooting at a Washington Avenue office building early Sunday, authorities said, in what appeared to be a night of partying gone awry. Liquor bottles, bottles cigar wrappers, gauze, and bloodstains still littered the crime scene later that morning. Officials said police arrested one teen, a 17-year-old from the area. Shooting victims ranged in age from 15 to 19 years old. The 17-year-old girl was trampled as she ran down the stairs to get away. Uh, the incident turned the spotlight once again on a downtown district that has struggled in recent years with out-of-control parties and rented apartments, drag racing, and violent arguments at nightclubs. I read from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, which has an image of a bunch of bullet holes in the wall of the fifth floor of the building at 1409 Washington Avenue. I'm guessing none of them work there. <laughs> they're, they're like early teenagers. Yeah. So but it looks like a well... Like, done-up building, like, in terms of the inside, I, I realize the pictures are gruesome, but I'm, I'm just talking about the office building itself. It didn't look like one of those abandoned buildings that we have littered throughout the city. Right. Why don't they go there? Why don't they have the parties in the abandoned building? Maybe the lights don't work. Well, when your parents don't care enough that your 15-year-old daughter, one of them is a 15-year-old girl, I believe, is out at 2 o'clock in the morning partying in an office building, then, yeah. you know. That's the problem. The politicians blame gun laws. That's what, that's what they put it on. And that's what, like, we were in Milwaukee enjoying ourselves, not getting berated by anybody walking out of town. You kind of read that and you go, man, yeah. we are so far from where we could be. Mm-hmm. Maybe the new regime in terms of, you know, local government, maybe that'll pan out better than what it has. No, there isn't a I, new regime. There's a, there's a new circuit attorney, but there's not a new regime. People should do it's what I did. It's all this change. People should just be more like me. I had a 15-hour work week. And then I had a... <laughs> Everyone would love to be like that. <laughs> that started that. And then between Thursday and Sunday, I had a 40-hour work week on my couch, watching 40 hours of golf. But you committed no crimes. Nope. I was safe. I am uh, truly curious who won the uh, Munganass St. Louis Acura Alton Toyota the Daily Fantasy Sports Showdown. I don't recall any of the players that were picked by either of the participants. Third major of the year. Munganast is the presenting sponsor of it. StLouisAcura.com and AltonToyota.com, and they have a secret number of 314-252-0029 for you to contact Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, or Peter Munganast and work with the best. And the best is Munganast, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. You can see with the selection they have at StLouisAcura.com and AltonToyota.com of all of their new and pre-owned vehicles and even if you didn't get your car from Munganass, get your car serviced at Munganass. They will take wonderful care of you, just like they do all of us here on TMA and the Tim McKernan Show and the presenting sponsor of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. It's Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Nolan Toyota Jackson. Uh, the rosters, if you would. Doug won a major. Iggy won a major. Is that, the, is that mm-hmm. what we have so far this year? Okay, what do we have? Uh, so yesterday you had been rooting. If you were rooting for Doug, you are rooting for Colin Morikawa to sneak in the top ten. He did not. Mm. He finished two under. And, of course, you were rooting for Ricky, 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 who folded up a little bit on Sunday. Idiot. Shooting 75 <laughs> on top of Chuck Hoffman shooting six over and Vic Hovland uh, being even. Norman and uh, Molinari missed the cut. Doug finished with 327. If you were rooting for Iggy yesterday, you were rooting for Xander Shoffley to sneak in the top ten, which he did. Nice. And you were rooting for Wyndham Clark to win the tournament, which, of course, You had Wyndham Clark. Oh, you had Wyndham Clark? Yeah. You had Wyndham Clark? Yep. I did. Uh, well, <sighs> Lix knew that. If you see Lix's email he sent last night. Uh, yeah, he had a good line. Mr. Lix had another. There was no live event to send in an email. Yeah, I would, if you get a chance, read it. He uh, thanked you for uh, 
picking Wyndham Clark because I picked Wyndham Clark's, but he didn't give me credit. He said, thank you, Tim, for me winning <laughs> 800 sakes. Me winning $868. And I got two things I'll say to that. One, if you're as rich as you say you are, why are you bragging about an $800 win? And two, since everybody asks me to prove everything I talk about, prove it, prove it, prove it, prove your ticket, let me see pictures, prove it, uh, I want you to send in a screenshot of your DraftKings team that you had that won $868. I'd like to see I that. See, okay, I see the email you're referencing, E. Uh, yeah, boy, this guy does send in a lot of emails on Sundays. A letter to Tim, but it was sent to everybody. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, and thank you. I just tied for first in a private fantasy golf league and pocketed a nice $685. And it's all because of a read I picked up from Tim last week. When picking DraftKings teams, Iggy stated that he was picking Wyndham Clark. Tim then said very briefly, I really like the Wyndham Clark play. I really don't like that Iggy picked him. The conversation moved on. But I noticed it. I took that to mean Tim was potentially heavy on Wyndham, and given that Iggy, who is notoriously bad in general at DraftKings, <laughs> was either upset that Iggy picked him in general or had the thought that since Iggy typically goes super chalk with his lineups, it meant maybe the public is more on Wyndham Clark than Tim realized. I did not have a good feeling on who to pick in general, so I thought if Tim likes him, I'm picking him. Well, folks, it pays to listen to Tim. You heard it here first. You are the best, Tim. Thank you, Doug. That's from Mr. Licks. Gosh. Now, there is an image attached. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Oh, this, this shows uh, Mr. Licks is in first place, tied with a guy named Jay Money. So I don't see his roster, but I see that he's in first place. I have no idea. Yeah, well, anybody could do that. Doug, anybody could do Jay that. Jay Money sounds wealthy to me. <laughs> Bearcat sent me a, his roster is at first place, and he had two guys who missed the cut, so that's not true. But mm. it's not too hard to send. Everybody's out. taking shrapnel right now. Well, I just I'm tired of licks. I really am. <laughs> wow. Mr. Wealthy is bragging about winning six hundred dollars. Let him have it. That should Put be it a drop in the bucket for you. You shouldn't brag about that. Oh. But yes, I had Wyndham Clark. A topic last week for fifteen minutes. You talked about the expiration dates of milk and chickens. Yes. <laughs> as exciting as the emails you send on Sunday evenings at 10 o'clock. Iggy, who else was on the team outside of the champion of the 20? Well, I had Shoffley who started out with a 62 and then uh, did nothing for the next three days. Hovland, who really disappointed me. Hovland, uh, I thought he would play much better here. Uh, even par. Uh, I also thought that Joaquin Neiman would play well. Did he MC? Uh, no, he made the cut. Oh, there you go. I think he finished 25th, 30th. <laughs> but then I, I'm tired of my... my the players that I, get I picked, tired of everybody. the veterans. One has go. won a U.S. <laughs> one has won a U.S. Open. One has won a Masters. Both have been doing nothing but making cuts and making top twenty-fives all year. Adam Scott. What well, it happens? It's professional sports. He's right on the cut line with two holes to go. I think I'll go bogey, bogey, and miss by two. He didn't think like 17, that. 18, it just tough, happened to him. Very long holes. Jay, Justin Rose, who had a bad first round of six over par. But he got to four under for the day with two holes to play. was in the cut line. I think I'll go bogey-bogey. He didn't think Scott that. Piercy. And missed the cut. <laughs> he hit a couple bad shots. He wasn't trying to. So I think I missed, I don't know what game Jackson had me and Doug in. In my game, I was missed cashing by eight points. And I uh, had two guys miss the cut. So I feel horrible for the kids. You That's picked the winner, but even a blind squirrel. And last, week, I had, last week I had Tommy Fleetwood lost in a playoff. I think the week before I had the winner. 
Like this guy's on a heater. I'm on a heater as far as picking the but winners. But I don't know why. But all I know is the kid won the tournament. He is definitely not Yes, he did. Game. But keep your mouth closed afterwards when you lay up with a five iron. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing it was fairly close. I mean, it was between Fowler and... How in the hell you wouldn't have won? I, you had to have won. Oh, I won. You won. But it was close between Fowler. If Fowler would have happened to win and Rick and uh, Wyndham finished second or third, then I think Doug What was the final point it. total, though, Jackson? Uh, Iggy won by like almost 30 points. Yeah. Yeah, so if you switch those around. More than 30. Bit, did the children get anything out yeah, of it? Yeah, what about the children? Or were they let down again? Not a nickel. Oh, gosh. My game, I missed All cashing by eight points. 14 and a half points you missed, Kat, but that would have just been seven bucks. So Iggy's won gosh. two or three majors and he's dominating now. Wow. Doug, right? game of skill? That's dominant. It's not a game of skill. Just like the guys he picked who fell apart. Was that was that because you're dumb? No, it just happened. Well, they, everybody can't make the cut, but they were right. good picks. You think if Doug would have had to play that trash roster that with like this couple 6100? Remember that? One? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know some of those guys. I, this Norman guy, I still don't know who he is. Those 6100s, you would have seen a lot of them on uh, Sunday morning. God, I hate to say this, but I was on the exact same read as Mr. Licks. I remember the exchange verbatim. Actually, that's from the recovering alcoholic who has had success, by the way, playing daily fantasy. He's had big success. Um, yeah, my, my reasoning when I said that, and I had forgotten that you picked Wyndham Clark. I guess we did it from Salt and Smoke on Wednesday, probably. Yep. Is because of you usually pick players who are going to be highly owned. Chalk plays. He was only owned by 11% of the field. But at 11%, at 7,500 ish, that's. That's that's a large percentage of ownership. But still, hey, the reason why I did well this weekend is because I had Wyndham Clark on. God, I, th I think I only did eight rosters. But, oh, and I did uh, two captain's modes yesterday. But every roster cashed. Here, you take a gander. Every roster cashed. Um, and that's because of having a core of Wyndham Clark and, and Ricky Fowler. Um, and that's what you got to do. You got to kind of take a stand. But R Ricky Fowler, I think, was the highest owned player. Maybe Justin Rose was one of the other. It's always in the majors, they price them soft. Yeah, so that's the seven thousands, and probably I bet my guess is Corey Connors was highly owned. That's kind of a tradition at majors because he's in the seven thousands. Now I will say the two players, and I, this is just you know hindsight's twenty twenty, but the two players that I switched out before I picked on Wednesday. I had him down there, and I kind of went through it in the morning, and I kind of moved him out. I had Ricky in there. I moved him out for Justin Rose, who was $2,000 more. And I uh, had Minwoo Lee in there, and I switched him out. For and you think he's cute, right? Yeah. And I switched him <laughs> out. That off. What's that got to do with it? And his sister, Minji, is uh, adorable. So I switched those two guys out, and if I had <laughs> left them in there, that would probably been about a $30 payday for me, for the kids. I just feel so bad for the children. But you should stick with what they, you... They just want a little something. And they oh, can't the children get it. They the kids can't. stayed up to like 10.30 at night to watch this thing. and Begging for a putt to go in. I was polling for a playoff, even though I had Wyndham Clark all over the place, uh, because I wanted NBC and the USGA to be penalized for what was an incredibly irresponsible move of trying to shove golf into the primetime TV slot and risk having these guys decide a U.S. Open in the dark. It happened on Saturday night. Both Ricky Fowler and Wyndham Clark said they couldn't see at the end, and had that gone to a playoff, 
uh, they because they play two whole playoff now at U.S. Opens. It used to be they would play a full 18 the next day. That happened with Tiger Woods and Rocco Mediate in 2008 when Tiger won his last U.S. Open. Yeah, so I like the there were some Twitter pictures of this is why we love Ricky. He's signing. He's signing autographs well into the night. It's dark outside. Well, it was dark when they finished playing. Right. So it's not like he stayed around till dark. It was dark when he got done with the round. Right. And Ricky is a great guy. I'm not poo-pooing that he signed autographs, but... Yeah, that uh, I didn't think much of the uh, the course. I didn't think much of the situation with the uh, the L.A. Country Club members buying up tickets to keep the crowds at a minimum for themselves so when you have some money yeah um because the atmosphere was lackluster for a u.s open i thought 18 for being a finishing hole wyndham clark like blocked his talent blocks the right word he swiped it but because they got they cut the rough down he could just miss by a I don't even know how much he missed his line i mean that thing was like that looked like a slice like at the fan page club championship and uh, and it's, it hit the fairway, so whatever. I don't. And it's just, they're just three long holes. There just wasn't much to it. It wasn't. Uh, you know, I don't think much of the course. I wouldn't call it a dog track, but dog track, <laughs> a dog track, yeah, dog track. Just, I mean, just, just to the east of Santa Monica. You sit on eight billion dollar parcel. <laughs> Aesthetically, it looks awful. I mean, not the houses around there, but the course. I mean, with the, you know, the bunkers look like there's grass growing in them, and it almost looks like they're not raked. Um, I don't know, it didn't show me much. And the USGA, I mean, don't act like you're, we love the fans, so in 18 we're going to let them rush the green. These guys are trying to win a tournament, and it sounded like a a, a rave concert. Oh, nice, a rave. Oh, well. I mean, you couldn't even hear. I mean, the announcers are trying to talk, and, and Wyndham Clark's trying to line up a two-putt from 60 feet. And you could just hear people yelling and screaming, and they're like 20 feet from them. But haven't they always done that at the no, U.S. Open? No, I don't Open? think they've ever done it. They do it at the British Open, but I don't think the U.S. Open. They did it because, ah, the fans aren't making much noise. We're going to crowd them in here and let people know that they go crazy. I, thi- <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they do it at the British Open. I think if I, – I, maybe I'm off the mark – if I don't know, I, I shouldn't say because I'm not 100% sure, so I don't want to say it. But I agree with you. And had Wyndham, this is all, it's so results oriented, but I stand by the, the fact that the leaders tee off at 4 30 yeah. Central Time. That is so risky when your playoff format is a two hole. And, and it's very possible that they go longer than two hole. It's just so damn risky. Uh, and the fact that on Saturday night they teed off at 5.30 and they didn't get done until they couldn't see the ball. Ricky Fowler missed like a three-foot putt, and he said this, his, he and his caddy couldn't see the break. Uh, but That's Fowler's, pretty dark when you can't see a three-foot putt. Right. Well, there's there's break, you know, in these pin locations. I know that, you know, if you're used to playing certain courses and all the pins are in flat spots, you don't realize where they're going to put these pins. They're going to be on spots where there's break around the hole unless you're just below the hole. So uh, that's unfortunate. Wyndham Clark couldn't see his chip on Saturday night. And I'm telling you, if that if Wyndham Clark three-jacks that thing, you would have had not only the playoff and the potential for the darkness, but then you would have had people going, I can't believe they let all those fans run up there because that totally changed the game. So even bigger credit to Wyndham Clark for two-putting from 60 feet when everything's on the line, and he was able to roll that up there. I mean, that was. I mean, I know it's not a highlight, but uh, that took that took some balls. And yeah, the think, USGA dodged a bullet there. Yeah, I think the highlight was 16. I mean, when he 
basically whiffed it in the high rough, in the fescue. I said, it's over. I mean, he's going to triple bogey here. For him to get up and down from basically the same spot he was in for his first shot, uh, that won the tournament, I thought, to make a bogey You're talking there. about eight? That was on 16. eight. 16. Was it 16? No. 16, he made bogey, but then he got up and down from the He high did, but rough. he whiffed it on eight. It was a par five, and he whiffed it. What did he do on 16? Doug, he bogeyed 16. He bogeyed. he bogeyed 15 and 16. He bogeyed 16, but I thought it was a great up and down, which I was thinking probably double bogey here. Um, the, the, but I know what you're talking about with the whiff. It was on eight. Either way, the point being he did bogey 15 and 16. There's and no 17 was a great up and down from... Six to, I agree with you there. He nearly hold the chip. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a great player, but I realize most people have no idea who he is when you have a leaderboard going into the day with Ricky Fowler, one of the most popular players, certainly one of the best players to never win a major. Rory McIlroy, who many people love, other people not so much. So either way, he's got a Q rating. And Scotty Scheffler from tee to green up there this year with Tiger Woods, tee to green at his peak, but has a putting issue and kind of lurking Xander Shoffley, albeit not likely, for Wyndham Clark to win is not what most people wanted, you know, totally understandable because you had either Ricky Fowler, you want to see Ricky win or Roy McIlroy win or maybe Scotty Scheffler. I don't know how many people are big Scotty Scheffler fans um, respect his talent. But uh, not necessarily, there isn't a lot there personality-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Wyndham Clark, I think going in, if you would ask people who you wanted to see win, he would have finished last, I think. Nothing against Wyndham Clark, more so as a, as a compliment to the others. And, uh, but he, he has been a great player this year. And that's why when you said it on Wednesday, I'm like, oh, crap. Maybe people are hip to how good he has been, in particular strokes gained approach. But he was top five strokes gained, tee to green, top five, I think number four strokes gained putting this week. And just, he's ice cold, and he's been working with a sports psychologist to get his mind right over the last six to seven months, and then has played a big role. He said uh, after the round that had he uh, been the guy he was even a year ago in that spot, I believe on eight that we're talking about, but also he ran into trouble on 15 and 16 bogeying those that he could have imploded and he went into it and he knew that he was going to hear cheers for Ricky and people pulling for Ricky and his sports psychologist said every time you hear that use that as a trigger to your mind to just focus on your goal of winning you're not against Ricky Fowler you like Ricky Fowler that both went to Oklahoma State he eventually went to Oregon but he started at Oklahoma State and how can you not like Ricky Fowler but use that because you know you're going to hear it to focus on your goal. And he did. So, so much of it is mental. And unfortunately, on the other side of it with Ricky Fowler, so much of it is mental. Ricky Fowler has been a 54-hole leader or co-leader, I think, I don't know, I'm going to say around 10 times in his career, and he's only closed out, I think, two of those. And so when I was looking at that on, uh, on Sunday morning... His over-under score was 70-and-a-half, which would be a half over par. But I wanted Ricky Fowler to win, so I didn't want to bet it. But I thought to myself, God, I'm going to go. I would love to bet it, but I don't want to be pulling for Ricky, pulling against Ricky Fowler. But I thought I'd be very surprised if Ricky Fowler shot under par. It's just unfortunately not who he is. There, that is a, it's, it's, a, it's a tough stat. Um, but he has real problems when he's the leader. Uh, he's He can chase, but sleeping on a lead is a different thing. 
And I think the fact that he did miss that three or four foot putt on the final hole on Saturday night, uh, it carried over for him. He never got it going yesterday. Yeah, he really didn't. And uh, <clears throat> Rory, I mean, Rory should have won the golf tournament. I mean, the last three or four majors and tournaments that he hasn't closed out, or you know, it's because he was too aggressive. Well, yesterday he played like a wuss. I mean, birdied the first hole and didn't have another birdie, didn't have another birdie the rest of the day, and one bogey on a par five. Uh, he just played conservatively. I mean, most of his putts were from 30, 35 feet, 40 feet. You know, when there were scoring to be had out there, there were some pretty good scores yesterday. When you start playing 30, 35 feet from the hole, you know, maybe his thought process was, you know, hey, Wyndham Clark and Ricky are, are probably going to fold. I'm just going to play conservative golf. Isn't it possible that that's the best shot he could hit? I don't think he meant to leave his putt 30 foot away from the cup. Well, he can't even that's hit him 15 feet in this, on Sundays. But he wasn't more. shooting a lot of pins. There were some pins to be had. Are uh, you saying he wasn't pin-seeking? I mean, he bogeyed uh, eight, which everybody was birding. Uh, he didn't birdie he three. What a Clark bogeyed. Idiot. Didn't birdie ten. Was idiot. Um, so what, 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 the, the defining hole was Wyndham Clark reaching a 618-yard par five with like a 20-foot opening in between bunkers and rough. Any and of us could do two. it. <laughs> and uh, Rory had a wedge, and he left it short, which was the only bad miss. And that's just, you can't, I mean, it goes without saying, you can't do that in that spot. So I just think he played conservative. Well, he, he said going in that he was watching YouTube videos of his previous wins when he was younger and was noticing how conservative and patient, actually not conservative, but patient he would be. And I think that was a strategy. And in a way, it was somewhat similar to uh, St. Andrews last year uh, in that he couldn't make putts. He really only missed one short putt, but he couldn't make opportunities on scoring holes. There are not a lot of them out there on the back nine, so it makes it difficult to charge. You become more hoping that the guy in front of you falters. And Clark did on 15 and 16. But to his credit, he was able to manage that damage on 16, had a great up and down, as you said, on 17, and then 18. It was a great two-putt, but 18, he, he really, I don't think that was the tee shot he wanted. But there just wasn't much of a challenge there. Skip Berkmeyer is listening to the program this morning. Doug, you know Skip Berkmeyer, mm, yeah. uh, second-best amateur player in St. Louis. Who was first? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. What? He said, mm. PGA Pro Dan? I think so. No, he got opted in the first round of the fan pen. Well, in that event. Well, that's a shisha Wally turn. Uh, interesting analysis, as always, is what Skip says. Doug, that's just so open-ended. Okay. Well, you don't agree with anything I say, so why don't you call in and give us oh, your... Call oh, call in, oh, big Skip. On. Give us your great analysis on what you saw. Uh, Skip, you're welcome to call in. 636-9004-TMA if you'd like to call in. We'll move you to the front of the line. A lot of ladies from Napoli Bottle Service are on hold. Yeah, I made one bo- one birdie. First hole of the day. <clears throat> and didn't make any bogeys. Who are we talking about? I'm sure he disagrees with my Rory take, but uh, the fact is he birdied the first hole and didn't make him birdie the rest of the day and had one bogey. As long as Paul so was playing, right? if you're taking shot, If you're taking shots at pins, you know, you're probably going to make some birdies and you're probably going to make some bogeys here or there by taking chances. He didn't. He had 16 Maybe he took pars. shots at pins, but just didn't hit it as close as he wanted to. Well, Isn't that what happens to everybody else? Well, he's a good enough golfer, Doug, where if he shoots at a few pins, he's probably going to hit a few. Close. The fact is he has 16 pars. Yeah. I think Rory's over the hill, man. I, mean, I don't think he's over the hill. It's just You don't think with his uh, approach shots he was going for the pin? No. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? Uh, well, ask him. 
I don't uh, Rory McIlroy will join us at eight. <laughs> Rory he will follow in. Gabe. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> he had Rory on and Gabe. <laughs> but that's where they wound up. I mean, that's what he was trying to do, exactly. Rory, you're on hold. Hold on, we're talking to Gabe. We'll be back in a minute because they signed a two star. Oh, God. Engineer Design Facilities moving forward is the EDF Group, the most experienced data center and critical facility service provider in the St. Louis market. Check out the newly revamped website, theedfgroup.com, and take a look at each of the three divisions they have to offer. EDF Group is your one throat to choke for all your critical facilities, data center, commercial fire alarm, and electrical and IT infrastructure needs. To contact the EDF Group, email fire, fire at theedfgroup.com. Experience the EDF Group difference and learn more at theedfgroup.com. Doug, you are getting her next week, aren't you? Her as in hair? That's right. Well, I hope so, yeah. I'm going to St. Louis Hair Restoration yep. next a week from Wednesday. What? Yeah. I can't wait to see what's doing. That'll, that'll be interesting. Uh, Dr. Polenga and the founder of St. Louis Hair Restoration, Greg Kreiling, are both patients of their own product. That tells you how much they believe in it. Dr. Polenga has worked on some big-name people in, uh, in, in Nashville, some big country music people. He can't name any names but Garth he says Brooks. really i don't so. i don't know but he's worked on a lot of them when he worked down there hair restoration is all they do and they do it at the very highest level even the team of technicians on their staff average 15 years of experience you need to go to their website stlouishairrestoration.com look at some of the before and after pictures and you will be amazed at the work that they are doing at st louis hair restoration if your hairline is bothering you if it's uh left you with less confidence than you want to have in social situations, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and do this. Almost everyone who does it says, geez, I wish I'd done that five or ten years ago. So they're going to do it to me, and we're going to see. And Jackson's going to get some treatment too, aren't you, Jackson? Yeah. They got me on the finasteride right now. This Bill. Is, they got me on this finasteride, which helps uh, stop any hair loss. That's the idea behind it. And then this laser cap that I put on for six minutes a night, and what that does is helps the blood flow to the head. <laughs> it har- helps charge up that regrowth. So we're going to do this for about a year or so, see what progress is made, and then possibly do something similar to Doug, that FUE procedure. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Wow. We're all going to have full heads of hair on this show well, soon. Be great. Will. Yeah. But if you guys start looking like Quinn and Rod Blagojevich, yeah. then I'm going to have to get it done. Okay. It'll be yeah. just, it's easy money, baby. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what it is. We'll take some before and after pictures. Well, then we'll be able to take our lovely lasses to Andrea's Steakhouse. Andrea's Steakhouse online at andreas.com. Check out that menu over there and see what's doing. And, of course, I had Andrea's yesterday with the wonderful barbecue sauce that's now available at andreas.com and also schnooks and Deerbergs. It is Andrea's Steakhouse, family-owned and operated since 1978. Oh, the steakhouse. Oh, the steak sauce. Oh, the barbecue sauce. It's Andrea's Steakhouse, and it is a wonderful sponsor here of TMA. How's that chicken look to you, Tim? Uh, that looks great. Marinated in some Andrea's Drake sauce, and then I put that barbecue sauce on there. Really? Grilled them and look at how good steak sauce is. on the chicken's good. Oh. Yeah, is that I put right? I on my park steaks last night. You made park steaks on I Father's did. Day. Nice. Yeah. yeah, in the rain. So you got a grill. You I got bar- a griddle. I finally got it. I Weber uh, Weber kettle. No char broil. I think it's. Yeah, that's that's a go-to for yeah. cheapies. Well, oh, you gosh, took a shot. Bless it, it's fine. That sounds like a, a snob. I don't barbecue a lot, but I, yeah, I finally need a uh, Skip Burkmeyer says he's trying to call in. By the way, I don't know if that's call working in, or not, Jackson. Somebody calling. Oh man, Jackson answered it. Okay, so we're just going to blow him off. No. Skip, please call in. Stop the strode. That's from Brian Henschen. Covers the Colts. Skip is 100% correct. That's from the total He didn't package. even say anything. 
<laughs> he said solid take as always. That was yeah, he was right. Then. <laughs> yeah, I think he said take for me. So I think he, he said interesting analysis as always. That's so he what agreed he with them. I don't know. I don't know what it means. It was so open ended. No, the texture agreed with him. Uh, Skip is so right. <laughs> Well, you agreed with him that it was an interesting take on my part. Jeff, Jeff Lottman loves to uh, throw a wager around, uh, but he was on Wyndham Clark just like Iggy was. Uh, Jeff Lottman, Realty, and uh, he is a, a big TMA listener, and we are grateful for his support. 22 years with over half a billion in sales. He is a luxury guy, but it wants to make this clear. Luxury is more about the experience than the price. They treat all their clients the same way at Jeff Lottman and Compass Realty. Join Compass to start and build Compass St. Louis into the number one luxury brand in St. Louis. Is Compass the largest luxury broker in the world? They never turn down a referral no matter the price with Jeff Lottman, and he can connect buyers and sellers in other cities across the globe. All you need to do is go to jefflottman.com, J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com, J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com. Yep, that's it. JeffLotman.com. Uh, if you are looking to buy or sell a home, JeffLotman.com. Support the sponsors. Jeff Lotman new here on TMA. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome to the program second best amateur golfer in St. Louis, Skip Berkmeyer. Skip, good morning. Good morning, guys. Uh, <laughs> great. Loved uh, the U.S. Open talk this morning. I tuned in just to, just to listen. Uh, like you, you texted. You texted. Interesting analysis as always. Really, at that point in the show, Iggy and I were having a conversation. Uh, what stood out to you as quote interesting analysis? Well, the fact that uh, I think the golf course taking shrapnel was a little bit interesting. I've probably played the golf course a bunch. They used to have a, they have a mid-am tournament out there. They didn't have it this year because of this, but uh, I, I mean, it's probably one of, one of my favorite golf courses in the world. I, I, I will agree with you. I thought NBC's coverage, honestly, didn't do it any favors on the golf course. And the, also, the, the, the thing about the 18-hole and the people running up, I think they did that because they didn't have the grandstands behind the... the they wanted to show off the clubhouse. So I, I thought that was interesting, and I think Rory's strategy, I gotta be honest, I think he's gonna win a lot more majors playing that way than he is firing at flags, trying to land a you know, I mean, he, the greens are so firm. I don't, I don't see how you really could have gotten too close. Well, other players did. <laughs> Not many. <laughs> Only one other guy beat him. Well, I'm saying Cam Smith had quite a few shots in there close. Well, if you notice, Cam Smith only made about a hundred feet worth of putts on the back nine. I don't, I don't think it was that they were that close, to be honest. I, well, one of them was sixty say, feet, so sixty percent of one hole. So. Well, I, I just, I'm just telling you, there was the way he played, and the, the, you get 16, you make 16 pars in a major on Sunday. I think you're going to win a lot more times than you're not. He just didn't win this week. I think he's going to look back. He missed in particular a U.S. Open, usually, right? I mean, that the U.S. Yeah. Open is, is in particular. That's that, that that's not going to get it done at Augusta, but at the U.S. Open, more often than not. Correct. But he hit, he hit so that many greens at Augusta, he's probably going to win a lot more, too. He, he missed a four-footer on number but eight. I'm, but he's 16 pars at Augusta on a Sunday. Isn't, that's, I thought you said No, but he's gonna, just hitting 15 greens in regulation. Right. He's going to get it done, which I think even for most people would say that. I mean, he missed a four-footer on eight, which I think was a really big momentum thing for him. That, that was an easy birdie that he didn't have. And then actually missing the green with a wedge, like Tim said. Great analysis, Tim. Oh, it stop it. <laughs> You say he missed a four-footer for birdie on eight? He did. Did he? He three-putted, or he didn't? He three-putted from off the green, where he could have two, could have uh, definitely added a stroke, maybe even made the long putt. Who knows? But birdie was the, what he needed to do there, and didn't make it. And then he should have hit it left of the flag and played more conservative on the par five, 
instead of going at the flag where he got an unbelievable break after plugged in the bunker, it could have been a seven or an eight. If he didn't, if he just would have played left, he would have had a 15 footer probably for birdie. So I think he actually should have played more conservative. He would have been a worse in a playoff. That's my wonderful analysis here from Springfield, Missouri. So mm. that's where I'm at. Listening. What are you doing in Springfield? Talking with Ned Reynolds, probably. Yeah, probably. Well, I'm down here with probably getting an interview with the jock. Maybe that would be really, Whoa. really good. Oh, oh wow. And that, you know, God, that is a full-on dunk. <laughs> well, the state, the state am is at, uh, is at the Payne Stewart's course uh, this week. So oh, wow. So you're playing in that. I am uh, playing a practice round today. And, uh, and yes, so I'm playing that in my first uh, – Event yeah, I, uh, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't able to uh, make the field. Of course, I could have, but uh, Doug, uh, gonna, yeah, I've been playing too many member out. member guests, oh. so I decided to do the member guests. I know Skip, you're a big fan of member guests and well, the integrity of the events. <laughs> I have played in a few, but it's uh, it's interesting. It's more of a. Uh, I don't know if it's a tournament, Tim. Would you agree? I think it's more of an event. I think I, that's that's, a, that's that would that that would certainly be the case. Absolutely. That Payne Stewart's but course is, you, is really nice, isn't it? I haven't played it. I'm looking forward to playing. The, I'm surprised you haven't played it. I haven't. So today's my first go at uh, at Payne's Valley and, and to see it. And uh, I think it's a lot of people's first, uh, you know, look at it. I'm I'm excited to to see it down here. It's it's kind of become a golf mecca. I, I love the other two that I've played down here. So it'll be fun. If we go down there and drop your name, can we play for nothing? <laughs> I don't think so. Here, um, I I don't think so. That that probably would not work. Okay. I think I'd have a better chance maybe at like country club than here. I, I got to be honest. <laughs> oh, I know that would work too. Down here. Okay. Well, we don't like paying for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. I've, I've yeah. listened to the show. Oh, I get, I get the gosh. <laughs> Skip, thank you for calling in. Good luck this week at the uh, Missouri Amateur. Certainly an advantage for the players down there that I decided not to play this year, Doug. So that, that, that opens yeah. kind of the door there once yeah. I WD'd. Yeah, it's disappointing they didn't give you a special exemption. Thank I you. With you. I, thank you, Skip. That was the right thing to say. Thank you, Skip. See you all. There's all a right, Skip Burkmeyer calling. <laughs> Guy's underrated moment was after Skip put Ken in his place and Ken stumble left his way through a retort. Plowsy muttered, sexual tension. <laughs> I just peed a little. Thanks. Doug, that's from Brian Henshin, who urinated. Oh, gosh. Well, they used to have a good rapport, and then I think that, you know, that the... Uh, Miracle at Meadowbrook. Yeah, where he called, Iggy, out, Iggy called Skip. out Skip over the ball before yeah. sinking a butt. That's when it started to really get tense. <laughs> Explain That's to right. me. He was your swing instructor. After I forgot about that. Explain to me how he put me in my place. Uh, Brian Henshin, now you need to call in 636 16 pars, and he should have played more conservatively. Okay. <laughs> well, I think he was just well, saying you, that he did something right because the score was so good. Just one, one 15 guy, years. One well, guy you, beat you, him by one shot. You lead the field in greens and regulation and make one birdie. What does that tell you? You're not putting it very close. Maybe it tells you he's not putting as well as he usually does. Well, he missed a few putts, but, you know. Just a few is the difference. Those greens aren't easy, but most of his putts were between 30 and 35 feet. We're just trying yeah. to lag it up there for par. <laughs> well, not going to make many birdies lagging. from 35, 40 feet. Is it possible that those were the best shots he could make? Well, he's not very good. What do you mean he's not very good? <laughs> if that's the closest he could put on every hole is 35, 40 feet. That's just playing conservatively. <laughs> well, or else he's just not on his on his A game. He's just not with his approach shots. He's just not hitting them exactly where he wants to. That well, I think he hit him exactly too. where he wanted to. He just didn't want to go at pins and take chances, and that's fine. I, I'm probably, if I was in the same boat, Wyndham Clark's going to fold, you know, and he didn't. So hmm. he had a game plan and he missed. I don't know. I don't know.
Guys, you got to love when the professional masturbator tries to argue with an actual golfer. That's from Uncle Cucker. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> well, just because you play golf better than me, you think I don't know anything about golf? You put your golf where your mouth is. Yeah. So just don't. It's like you can't talk about baseball. You never played the game. Uh, skip what it, go ahead, Plow. What if we can play? Uh, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't know why. Skip is still listening. I remember what said, I said then. It's about bogey avoidance, not trying to make tons of birdies. Ricky had the most birdies, and he didn't win the tournament. I didn't say it well enough when I called in. That's from Skip Bergmeyer, uh, still listening as he gets ready well, to. That's fine. Uh, but look at look at the, what people were shooting on the front, the front side. Doug, what were they shooting? Well, or I trying to think of guys that uh, shot five under on the front. Well, could it be those holes? Four on the front, three on the front. I mean, they're easy, easy holes on the front side. It's two strokes different between the front and the. He made one birdie on the par five. That's it. I'll give a take. I was bored as hell watching this. Were you? I thought you were driving home from Milwaukee. No, what's funny was we left Milwaukee at noon, and I was able to catch, like, the last 11 holes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I got home so at 630, and it was... all day long on TV. So I watch it. I just... You know, I like having Rory and Wyndham Clark there neck and neck, but it, nobody wanted to make putts. And to me, Doug, I think you brought it up a few years ago. Nobody wanted to make putts. Look, Scotty, if Scotty Shuffer wanted to make some putts, I mean, that dude has a problem. But nonetheless, Doug, you said this a few years ago. Third. Golf is so good now with the equipment and how people are. It's a putting competition. And now it's, you know, it, is one guy going to make two 15-footers on, yeah. you know, on their round to win it as opposed to... And I, I think the golf course tried to make it difficult in the rough, and they did, but I, I just, nobody was, you know, keeping pace. And Wyndham Clark played great, but I just wanted to see a little bit more spice. I think there's too many generic players and not a lot of guys that stepped up on Sunday. I liked Rory, but again, I think I'm with Iggy. I think he played way too conservative. 15 gers, Doug. I guess that was the strategy. Okay. He, to, uh, you know, 15 out of 18 gers at a U.S. Open usually. It's the lowest score to not ever win a U.S. Open. How about that? Yeah, usually those are the hardest courses they play all year. Isn't it? Yeah. But he uh, had some low numbers. Tommy, Tommy Fleet Fleet went low yesterday when uh, things were uh, a little different. He probably teed off five hours before those boys did. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. 314-881-TMA5. That is how you can text and you can email in for our design, air, heating, and cooling. Email the day, the morning after, at insidestl.com. And, of course, call in like Skip Berkmeyer did. Brian Henson says he's trying to. Block him. Jackson, is Brian Henson trying to call in? I doubt it. <clears throat> I haven't seen anything yet, but I'll keep yeah. my eyes peeled. Maybe yeah. Dennis Charge upholstery can call in. <laughs> What? I'd love to talk to this dick. Well, uh, <laughs> what are you talking about yeah. now? Dennis Charge upholstery. Uh, every day. Is that a just... business? Is this a sponsor? <laughs> Not a sponsor. anymore, baby. Yeah, they're gone. Now that's when I uh, I got punched in the face at McDonald's and I was in Dennis Charge's car bleeding all over. <laughs> he pushed me out of his car when I got home because oh, look at my upholstery. Somebody remembered that name? Yeah, it's well, got to be Buck Swope. You know, all he does is trash me every day, and he was trashing the show on Friday because Tim wasn't here, and I said. Huh? I finally responded. I said, very simple. Go to another station, and we'll see you on Monday when Tim's back. It's not that hard. Why Just do you let these go people away. get under your skin? <laughs> well, most people are kidding. Like, when Aunt Peg goes and trashes me, I know he's kidding. Do you think funny. Aunt Peg's kidding? I don't know. This guy is just pure, it's just pure hatred and just Aunt pure Peg's meanness. So those kind of get to me because he's never met me. He doesn't know me. Can I give you my but every day. <laughs> 
So why don't you call in Dennis Charles upholstery? I wouldn't worry Dennis about this Charles guy. Upholstery, please I would worry call more in. about the upholstery than this guy. Well, you bled it was, all over it, didn't it, you? It was kind of sad that uh, my face is like hanging off. My nose is on the side of my face. My eye is shut. Blood coming out. And he pulled in front of my house, got out, and pushed me onto the grass and started bitching. Look at my upholstery. Yeah. Look at my face, dumbass. Well, you did something to deserve the punch, didn't you? No. Just right out of the blue, you got hit? Yeah, it was a Maplewood guy who didn't like hmm. Brentwood people. And just... Hi, Iggy. How are you? I know. I can't even believe it's 30 years. Nobody. Hi, Nina. How are you? Got a cigarette or two go through those lips. So yeah. this guy, I forget the story. I'm not telling the story I, again. I forget just the story. Dennis, Paul, Dennis You're just walking down the street and a Maplewood guy, Maplewood thug, walked up behind you and punched you in the snoot. I didn't know he was behind me when I left and I didn't hold the door open. And he said... Why don't you hold the door open when I'm walking out? I said, I'm sorry, but I didn't see you there. Apologize. <laughs> then he walked, followed me to the car, and I started to shut the door. He put his foot in there and just put a boot in my face and just started a pounding. A boot? Wow. Yeah, he just put his boot right in Hob, my face. Hob, no, hob, <laughs> hobnailed boot. Kicked me right in. One of those ugly square toed things. Oh, like the old NFL like, kickers yeah, like, used like to wear? Like Maplewood Hoosiers wear. <clears throat> square toed boots. Yeah, right in the face. You just put Maplewood on plan. That's, that's the, one, that's, that's the guy that, that uh, Chris Bird kicked in the balls when he was in the hospital. And Chris Bird went out with Gail Volva. Yeah. See? I'm starting to know these people, I feel like. Okay. Was your nose broken? Uh, probably. Is uh, Dennis Charles upholstery on the line? Hell no. Yeah, call in. What about Henshin? No. Henshin's not calling uh, so in. Well, it's, phone lines are bone dry. <laughs> it's tough times for the newspaper industry. They might not have phones at the Indianapolis Star anymore. <laughs> that is true. It's coming across the street to the, uh, yeah. the gas station. The local library. It's got a uh, badminton tournament he's covering. <laughs> well, did they get the blood out of the upholstery? I don't know. Guys, at a U.S. Open, you need to be a risk taker to win, kind of like accepting the challenge of hitting a 10,000-square-foot green from 15 feet away. You just have to put fear aside and go for it. That's from Minute Bowl eligible. You couldn't do it. <laughs> Why don't you get out there, Minute? Your 7-foot-8 body. Let's see what you do. Oh, wow. <laughs> Colin Ellen giving Plowhawk a sincere thank you for playing the whole Nina Blackwood clip. Well, there's more. She doesn't really finish the sentence. I'm waiting her for her to finish, but then she goes on like two more times. Like oh, could that have been already? Break. No. I mean, it's just how she talks. Well, maybe we need to hear it one more time. Why don't you pull that interview, play that for a little, put it in the skeleton? I actually don't know where that is. Oh. Yeah, I don't know where any of my interviews are at. But that doesn't mean they're not good. It just means we can't find those just yet. Uh, is that a big turnoff if a woman has a really bad voice? Oh, that I I will occasionally listen to that station on Sirius, and if she pops in in between songs, I bolt like the wind. I can't handle it. Hi, oh, how God are you? I, I can't even believe it's thirty years. Nobody can believe it's thirty years. Uh, I mean, that time has flown by so fast. It's unbelievable. <laughs> She's a Now, you know his voice I do like on Sirius is Rachel Steele. Rachel Steele. I actually, I know who you're talking about. She's fabulous. She's really good. I agree with yeah. you. And I think it's all, Bob Birch told me this. Bob Birch, Doug. And Bob if you listen no to Rachel Steele, it's almost like she's always smiling when she's talking. Nice. She's kind of like, yeah, it was such a good day. We love Ario Speedwagon. That was, I remember that song, Ario Speedwagon. It was so good. You're kind of like smiling when you're talking. You'd be a fabulous DJ yourself. No, Birch always told me to do that. Just smile when you're talking. But Birch would do spots, but he was always 
bopping around. Bopping around. He couldn't stand still. He'd yeah, stand yeah, there. Yeah, a lot of He'd stand there and, yeah. dude, I'd, he's like shaking his hands and they're doing bopping up and down while he's mm -hmm. talking. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I would bop around at Ted Drew's, Doug, and get the new City Red Concrete. Oh. My wife and I went by there after the Cardinal game for TMA Day at the ballpark. How do you do? Well, I'm fine. And we got that uh, concrete, and it is so good. It is brand new at Ted Drew's. Here's what it has in it. What? Ted's delicious vanilla custard blended oh. with maraschino cherries, coconut flakes, and Dad's scotch oatmeal cookies. Oh, man. It is choice, Iggy, for the rills, though. Uh, served as a concrete or sundae. Uh, the title of it is City Red. Now, it is it is pink when you get it, but it, it's City Red, and it is choice. Kind of like the jersey. Mm-mm. 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 They still have the Cardinal Sin, of course, served as a concrete or sundae. The Dutchman is Ted's delicious vanilla custard with chocolate, butterscotch, and pecans. Uh, it is so good, and it is a St. Louis tradition, of course, located on Chippewa, and the South Grand location is open now as well. It opened in 1931. It's the oldest frozen custard stand still in operation today. Did you know that? Ted Drew's frozen custard, fresh, fast, and fun. Now, the Vianney's hottest mom is on the line and wants to oh, talk is about she? that. This, is, this will be fun. <laughs> okay. Take a call from a lady. Good morning. Man. Hello. Hey, how are you guys? It's a guy. Knew it. Uh, hate when that happens. Yeah. Um, actually, I had a meet. I have a meeting starting at uh, eight thirty, so I wanted to hear your guys' opinion on this before I have to uh, hang up. What do you think of uh, all the David Free stuff from this weekend? Uh, for those who are not aware of it, uh, David Freeze uh, declined the Cardinal. Uh, Induction into the St. Louis Cardinal Hall of Fame. Good for him. Yeah, and uh, he issued a statement saying, uh, I look at who I was during my tenure. That weighs heavily on me. The Cardinals and the entire city have always had my back in every way. I'm forever grateful to be part of such an amazing organization and fan base then, now, and in the future. I'm especially sorry to the fans that took the time to cast their votes. Cardinal Nation is basically the reason why I've unfortunately waited so long for this decision and made it more of a headache for so many people. I feel strongly about my decision and understand how people might feel about this. I get it. I'll wear it. Thank you for always being there for me, and I am excited to be around the Cardinals as we move forward. Bill DeWitt III said, although we are disappointed that David has declined to be inducted into our Hall of Fame, we respect his decision and look forward to celebrating his great Cardinals career in other ways going forward. He is always welcome at Bush Stadium. Uh, he said, this is something that I've given an extreme amount of thought to, humbly, even before the voting process began. And I'm aware of the impact I had. The team bring great memories to the city I grew up in, including the 11th championship. But this honor means more to me, Free said in a statement. Um, I, I, I took it to mean two things, Vianney's hottest mom, and I'm curious what other people's thoughts are. Uh, he didn't feel like he was worthy both as a player to have that 
long-term Hall of Fame, even though I think many would look at who's currently in the Cardinal Hall of Fame and say he may have had a better career than some of the people who are in there as it is. Uh, and then secondarily, he was not happy with who he was as a person during that time, and that is about alcohol. Um, I, I don't know if that, that, that I feel like it's tiptoed around a little bit, um, but when when I did the, did the uh, still in the in the can interview with me, Freeze, and Pat Maroon, um, he talked about it intensely about his alcohol use. And, uh, and really how his wife, Marin, has played a role in not just saving him professionally, but saving his life. He was a mess. And so that, uh, that is what I believe it was about. Some Cardinal fans were not very happy with David Freeze, yeah. so they started tweeting at him. Uh, a few flag accounts, a um, <laughs> uh, few people who quote the Bible, um, but that gives you the get-out-of-jail card to uh, act like a complete What does the Bible have to do with this? Uh, their bios. Oh. They have the scripture quotes. I mean, oh. Yeah, yeah, those are the, the B-fibs that think, we voted you in, you must go in. How so dare you? Freeze hadn't tweeted in um, almost a year and then tweeted on Saturday, thank you to all the people that have zero opinion one way or another. You know how to live your life. Enjoy the rest of your summer. And then he threw up the peace sign, uh, the mm. deuces. So uh, that is what has transpired with the David Freeze decision over the last 48 hours. Doug, your thoughts? Uh, I certainly respect his decision. Uh, I think he maybe underestimates what he meant to a lot of the, the fans here. He played five years for the Cardinals. He hit uh, 286 on base, 356. But he was the star of a World Series championship team. And as a local guy, I think he was uh, beloved by it huge chunk of the fan base. I think maybe he underestimates how much he is loved by Cardinal fans. Now, if he if he doesn't think he's worthy of going in, then, you know, that that's his call. I think he was a better player than Jose Aquindo, who's going in. Uh, I don't know about Max Lanier, a little before my time to be a judge there. But I think Freeze had a bigger impact than probably what he what he believes. He's such a humble guy, great guy, fantastic yeah. guy. Agreed. That I, that I think maybe his... Humbleness, his humility, is what is what is guiding him here. Because I, I think that based on what he did in the short time that he was here, I, I think that uh, a lot of people wanted to see him as a whole. Well, I think he knows how much the fans love him. That's why he was voted in. But I think he also thinks I'm going to be standing up there with guys like Bob, or not Bob Gibson anymore, but Ozzy Smith and their Bob Gibson and their Lou Brock and their those guys in the red coats. He doesn't think he's even close to being that type of player. But there's a lot of guys in there that aren't that type of player. I just think that uh, he would have been embarrassed standing up there with a red coat on with all these Hall of Famers. I, I said this because I'm not from St. Louis. So when I first came here, I thought they didn't. I thought they gave the red jackets, like, not every year. You know, they don't do a voting, that, but just someone who, you know, is you know one of the greatest cardinals? So I, I thought that was the case. Now that they give them out every year, it's a joke. Like they should just stop with the giving one or two or three out and having to have one given out every year. But I also think this is super weird that he would just not accept it. And I get the reasoning for it. I just think, in a PR sense, you had to have known this was not going to go over well with the fan base that is currently now you know last in the NL. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Certainly not having a great year, and we kind of wanted something, you know, wanted to win, and we have a former player denying a red jacket and being in the Hall of Fame. I, I think it's just overall weird. Where's he living in Austin? Yeah. Matt maybe didn't want to come back every time there's an event. I, I, <laughs> I doubt back. that. I don't think there was anybody who was saying, gosh, I can't believe David Freeze is going in as a red jacket Cardinal Hall of Famer. I just think he underestimates his his role and how much he is loved by Cardinal fans and what he did on that particular World Series to basically win in the World Series. No, like I said, I know he. I think he knows he. Everybody loves him. The fans love him. The fans voted him in. That's why he apologized to the fans. Fans and media both, right? I, I just think he's kind of a guy that, uh, you know, I don't belong in a red jacket. I'm not a Hall of Famer. I, I think we are underestimating this line in the statement. I look at who I was during my tenure, and that weighs heavily on me. Now, I don't think too many Cardinal fans think about that. And I also don't think it was really talked about. I, I was listening to— No, it wasn't. What do you mean? Which part? The the, the alcohol? The alcohol. Right, and if I understand that. you talk to like, the people in the media you know, down on the field and you know this and that, maybe that's why he's not back here. But I don't think the public. No, I'm talking about that. Sure, but I'm ta- he's done. He's done. As far as I know, one interview that's been published, and then he did the interview. Uh, that was Doug. It that was, was Doug. That was me. People are gonna jump Iggy's ass, but that was Doug. I was looking at the David Free stats, and up um, commercial started playing. Uh, the alcohol. Bob Nightingale, a friend of uh, St. Louis Sports Talk Radio, uh, did uh, a story on it. And that's really, as far as I know, now he might have done other interviews since then and talked about it openly. I think he only talked about it with me and Pat because of of Pat, and they hung out together in Anaheim. They would hang out with Trout uh, when they were in Anaheim. Pat was with the Ducks. Freeze was with the Angels. And so they have a rapport. They also, the only two people in the world to know what it is like to do what they did and to be from here and do what they did. I mean, they are both gods but that line of i look at who i was during my tenure and that weighs heavily on me that to me is something that you know on the outside looking in who and not to say we we certainly can offer an opinion but for anybody who's like tweeting at him and like judging him and saying well you're you know that that's that's a totally different thing uh you're not respecting the fans that's his own thing and if he is really embarrassed by it um but he had a significant alcohol problem. What I was about to say is yesterday morning, uh, me and my wife and our two sons went and hung out, and we were in the car uh, for, for Father's Day, and I was listening to KMOX because I thought Mazalot comes on on Sunday mornings. I don't know. Maybe I missed it. Um, so I, I didn't hear that, but I heard Tom Ackerman talking about freeze and that line I look at who I was during my tenure and that weighs heavily on me and he didn't say the word alcohol and I get it it's it's a different situation there and and so on but I mean that is that is what David freeze means he didn't say it in a statement but that's what that is and you know I, I can't speak to uh, how much that bothers him outside of the statement I look at who I was during my tenure and that weighs heavily on me and it certainly seems like that is a larger factor than perhaps people know but I think a lot of people in St. Louis don't know how much of an issue it was because he hasn't really talked that much about it. Nobody has. I mean, even the people down at the ballpark who were around it every day knew it. 
Oh, I don't but know nobody that. I don't think that's fair, Iggy. I disagree with that. that. That makes it sound like people are keeping a secret, and that's not fair. I no, it's not I something you need to be talking about because it wasn't something that happened well, he during did, but a he game did, or he, But he did get a DUI. He wrecked his car, you know. That, that's it. That's, that's, but but I, I, just, I'm not, I just don't. I'm not. I'm not sure what you're saying. So maybe it's not fair for me to be critical of you. I'm just saying. But I, nobody it, really came out and said the. But I don't know how many media having. members knew he had a bad drinking problem. Well, I think quite a few did. I, I know of at least three or four that had talked about it. On on the air or no, in, no, in no. writing? No, no, no. Oh, not okay. on the air. That's what I'm saying. It. They didn't talk about it where the public would know what was going on. Right. But people. But but I'm saying Freeze hasn't really talked much about it no. himself. And so he did an interview with Bob Nightingale. You can type that in a search engine and you'll see it. And then um, he talked about it with, with me and Pat, but that was almost like three guys on a phone. It was Well, Pat was in the studio with me, but Freeze was on the phone. And we were just like BSing. Um, and, you know, it's F-bombs everywhere because it's a podcast and it's just guys BSing. But he talked about it there and said Marin, who is his wife... And I'm paraphrasing because we did the interview now three years ago. Basically, saved his life. He was a wreck, and also I think he had to get out of St. Louis uh, because that was wearing on him. I know that we'd have girl next door events, and it wasn't because of the girl next door, uh, but he would just like show up by himself at 12:30 at places, and you're like, "Oh, this is cool. David Freeze is here," but then you'd also be like, what "The hell's David Freeze doing here by himself?" You know? I just I think. But I didn't know what was going on until, like, 20, October of 2013. And I think he was traded after October 2013, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was his last year here. Yeah. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just was a, it was, a, it was a bad thing. So I think that's a big factor in it because of that line. I'm especially sorry to the fans that took the time to cast their votes. Uh, I look at who I was during my tenure, and that weighs heavily on me. And I think that's what that line's about. Now, you could also make the case that he's in a much better spot now, and if anything, he overcame that. But, um, you know, it's, I, I know a lot of people are surprised by it at the very least, and a lot of people think it's strange and or disappointing. So, but It's kind of unprecedented. I don't know of another situation where someone who was... Uh, voted into the Hall of Fame, and they said, "No thanks. I don't. I don't deserve it, or I don't want it, or I'm uncomfortable with it." I don't know of any other situation like that. Maybe it's happened somewhere. Declining a Hall of Fame? Yeah. I think Kurt Schilling said, "If you put me in, I'm not going in, so don't vote for me." Remember, Harry Carson of the Giants said that to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but then later accepted it, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Well, there were there have been plenty of other players who put together better numbers and freeze over a longer period of time. And there have been others who partied their way right out of town. I mean, right. Keith Hernandez got shipped to the Mets because of that. But he certainly, there's no denying, he's certainly a, one of the most beloved figures in recent Cardinal history, I think. Oh, yeah. For real. I yeah. mean, if you ask people for, maybe I'm going to miss somebody here that's obvious, but your hashtag Mount Rushmore of favorite Cardinals of the 21st century, I feel like with like 80% plus of the vote, you would have Pujols, Molina, Wainwright, and Freeze. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Holiday would be in there and, you know, Edmonds, Roland, Isringhausen is a great guy and a local guy. But, you know, with what those guys did, Wainwright with a, maybe a couple more years of health could have been a Hall of Famer. still think he could wind up in there as a broadcaster if he chooses that route. And Molina and Pools as Hall of Famers and Freeze because of what he did and being a local guy. I think that that's 
what it would be. Mm-hmm. It was a brief run. It was 09 through 13, but crap, man. I mean, there's some guys in there with shorter Cardinal to John Tudor's in there, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, O'Ken. Tom or... Herr. I think David Fre- – I could be off, but I think David Freeze's career is comparable to Tom Herr's in St. Louis. I, maybe I'm wrong. You, you might know that better than me. Um, so Similar. Similar. Similar, yeah. 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 Herb might have had a year or two that would surpassed what uh, Freeze did, but Freeze – you know, made his name in that uh, 2011 postseason. Absolutely, that but I think that's why that line that Tim brings up in the in the statement is true, and probably the the main factor why, because he knew he wasn't a bad player. He knew he, in 2011, uh, the NLCS and the World Series. I mean, he basically carried him on their back, and it was the greatest moment in St. Louis Cardinal history, pretty much. So he probably knows so, he yeah. knows he probably I'm better than half these guys in there. But when Tim brings up that line, I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Nice going, Tim. Yeah, I had a great golf take and I had a great David Freeze take. He probably did produce the single most exciting moment in Cardinal history. Oh, I think so. Just two of them in an hour. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and in that interview, he said his he actually, and I was surprised, he actually opined on it. But I thought that the, the triple was, you know, as far as like your rush of dopamine, because you're going from the, the darkness of here's the last strike of the World Series, how's it going mm-hmm. to end? to the euphoria of you just tied the game, then you're down again after the Hamilton home run, and uh, and then you get to the 11th. Yeah, the 11th, uh, where he hit the home run. But uh, they were on the verge of defeat when he hit that triple. And he did it again. He battled it another at bat in 2012 when they had that comeback against the Nationals. That's just who he is. That's what we were talking about, psychology, sports psychology. And it's a harsh thing because it makes it, 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 it would come out as a weakness. Like, it's not, I mean, Ricky Fowler is as kind of a professional golfer and has ridiculous talent, but unfortunately, part of being a great golfer, it's like that line of uh, Logan Roy to Kendall Roy you've got to be a killer. Whether it be sometimes in business or sometimes in sports, you have to have that trait, and you also have to have the mental calm to handle some. Things that other people just for whatever reason don't handle, and their body tightens up, their nerves overwhelm them. And uh, Doug Armstrong say you have to stick a knife in their eye. Yeah, well, Tiger Woods. That's one of the things that his mom, of all people, wasn't Earl. It was his mom taught him. uh, And and freeze. And I asked him about that. I said, you battled it in a bat when the when you guys were coming back against the Nationals. That most people, you know, you have the Pujols Lidge thing. You have 2011 Game Six, 2011 Halliday and and Carpenter. Um, yeah, I mean, God, I feel like I'm 2004 Edmonds walk off, 2004 Clemens rolling. There's so many damn moments. I'm leaving out probably 10 of them. So the 2012 comeback against the Nationals flies under the radar, but that was ridiculous too. And Freeze had another at bat where he was battling, battling, battling. And he goes, Yeah, for whatever reason, I, I, I handle those situations well. And it's interesting too, because in that interview, he talked about how he has terrible anxiety. And that he doesn't feel like he's good enough. He doesn't feel like he's good enough. Um, and you would never think that from a guy who, you know, couldn't be more chill, great guy, as you said mm-hmm. earlier, Doug. Um, but yet when it comes down to pressure points, I mean, God, he's, he's up there. He, he won't be known nationally necessarily, but in St. Louis, he's one of the all-time clutch guys ever. Why isn't, if, you can, if I can ask, why haven't you... Posted that yet? Because it's because well, when initially we did it, Pat wanted Pat Maroon wanted to start a podcast. Pat didn't think he was going to be playing anymore, or he thought there was a chance he was going to be done playing. And that because when we interviewed it, or when we interviewed him, 
it was during the shutdown and COVID. And so Pat is calling just one afternoon. I thought he wanted to play golf. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. We'll go play golf. And he's like, dude, we need to do a podcast. And I'm like, man, I'm already doing a bunch of stuff. That was the time when I was in negotiations by KFNS also. (laughs) So there was a lot going on. But to his credit, Pat lined up Freeze, John Hamm, and Lance Berkman. The Berkman interview is super interesting also. And then was working on Dustin Johnson, too, because he's friends with Dustin Johnson through Gretzky, Ty Gretzky, I believe it is. And so Pat really wanted to do that, but it's, it's, it's Pat's property just as much as it is mine. And so, you know, if Pat at this point now, three years later, and he's kept playing and made, you know, I don't know, four or five million more dollars and won two more cups and could probably be like a barstool guy whenever he's done playing or a TNT guy, you know, as far as his personality and his, you know, kind of like a biz nasty kind of guy, um, then maybe he wouldn't give a damn. I'd, I'd certainly be happy to run it. It'll rock some B-fibs worlds, man. I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> there's a lot of profanity and stories about, you know, I, I memory serves, uh, you know, some some partying and uh you know but it also would give you a and, and also it's very i mean i jackson you've listened to it right i have and i and i fanboy out so hard it makes me cringe i listen to it and uh but i'm like i've never heard him talk about it and he's open to talking about it he just didn't want to talk about it i thought he was going to write a book that's another thing um and i don't know if that's still going to happen or not because his life story is certainly interesting, but and interesting, such a terrible word. It's got a lot of ups and downs and some secrets. I thought compelling, Ann, compelling it's is compelling. perfect, and it's it's stuff that like Ankiel's crap from when baseball played out in front of the world, but a lot of Ankiel's crap I think was sports child psychology in a sense with what he grew up around with his dad going to jail. Uh, Freeze's stuff was going on in St. Louis, but it was kind of behind closed doors. And, uh, you know, and he, what, what, he left, he stopped playing baseball for a while, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, in his college years. Right. Went to Merrimack, then went to South Alabama, and then became a god in his hometown, but he's, you know, Pat and him have that same life experience, but I don't think they have the same personalities. I think Pat is more of an extrovert and comfortable with it. Uh, whereas Freeze is very introvert. I don't know if he's very introverted. That wouldn't be fair. But I think he's more introverted, and he's very... He thinks a lot, and I think it kind of tortures him. And so I think that is the byproduct, or this decision is the byproduct of that, something that most people probably thought nothing of. Of course David Freeze is a Cardinal Hall. Didn't you think that when he was... I mean, especially sure. when you look at some of the guys yeah. who are already in there. Well, of course David Freeze is a Cardinal Hall famer. Mm-hmm. But then you sit there, and you think about it, and you're like... Man, I had a terrible alcohol problem. Um, I'm embarrassed by that. Maybe there were some things that happened that we know nothing about with the alcohol. And uh, and then I look at some of the guys in there, and I wasn't worthy. I wasn't. I'm, I'm not worthy of that. And uh, and and yeah, I, 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 part of it might be yeah. I don't want to have to always be, you know, coming to events. And then if I don't, then it's like, oh, why isn't David Freeze here? Um, I think he's very comfortable. He doesn't live in St. Louis. I don't think that's a coincidence. He's very comfortable being in the spot that he's in in Austin, Texas. And, uh, you know, at least at this point in his life, they just had another baby a few months ago, and he's already got three kids. It's a young family. So 
All those things, I think, combined. Yeah. Some people really don't like the spotlight. Really don't want anything to do with the spotlight. No. And he was under it for so many years as a player. As intense as it got. Yeah. I mean, Maroons out. came like a rocket with one mm-hmm. goal. Freeze was traded for Jim Edmonds. You know, that's a different yeah. thing. That's a different thing. I know where he's coming from. I mean, if I got put in the St. Louis Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, oh, Missouri oh, Sports Hall no of Fame, way I said I'm not going to go in. Level parallel with with David Freeze. If Missouri Sports Hall of Fame would put me in, I would decline. I just think David Freeze. I was wondering how from. this would get around to you, and that's it, because you're going to decline your own Hall of Fame invitation. Look, I just got back from Milwaukee. I completely get why David Freeze wouldn't want to be jotting back to St. Louis. Wow! Oh, now the city takes another Iggy, shot. And now we What, are you going to send him up at what, the Angry Beaver for an extra ketchupy hot dog and then ring him around and have a bunch of people eating helmet nacho, cheering him on? Well, I, I don't blame them one bit. When those guys come in town for that. I'm sure they're all at the Four Seasons, and they just come over the ballpark, and they're gone. They're not really hanging out much. Uh, how about this? Total packages announced. If I win Lister of the Month, I will not be able to accept the award. Wow. A lot of people it's not declining awards. going to become a awards. thing now. Well, you're not even close to being in the running, so that's right. And you're going to say no to the Missouri Hall of Fame. For what reason? I would say that. Why? Well, because I don't, I don't agree with who they put in there. Well, what happened? It's not that you're not worthy. It's that the other people aren't. No, they put anybody in there. I mean, people that are less worthy than you. Softball team from 1962. <clears throat> sign guy. And yeah, why would you be getting in? <laughs> well, for my broadcast broadcast career, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so perfect. <laughs> Tim, I hear now that there's an extra red jacket available, they're going to be giving it to Michael Gersh in August. That's oh. from Little Tommy Dribbins from the parking lot. Uh, they're about the same size. I think it's going to be funny when Daniel Descalso and Skip Schumacher like, accept theirs, <sighs> who have done less. So, I, I don't know. I think the freeze thing is was interesting, and it made national headlines. Yeah. Because I did make Nash. I had yeah. no idea oh, about crazy. it. Uh, I was out all day Saturday, and then I saw something on the front page of ESPN.com when I got home, and I'm go F R E E S E. That's how many freezes are there spelling that name? And I'm like, that's David Freeze. And I click on it. I, holy crap! Yeah. And I figured that probably was a hotbed of activity on Cardinal social it's media. It's not a national story. But I suppose uh, if you don't know the whole story, you might think it's a big slap in the face to the Cardinal organization. If you haven't followed the story. Yeah, yeah but that's not the case. I, I, what it isn't is, the case, no, but I think that's probably what the national media is trying to pick up on. And if anybody's arguing about who should be in, who shouldn't be in, I mean, it's just who cares. But, I mean, Steve Carlton, still, he, was maybe, on the, he was on the ballot. Maybe David Freeze didn't want to be turned into a bobblehead. Eight games out of the year. Granted, he had most of the success in Philadelphia, oh. but he wasn't bad here. And I don't know what Lanier did in his little before my time, but I don't know. If why the Carl David was... Freeze on a private jet back to Austin bobblehead night. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how fast David Freeze can leave St. Louis and give the red jacket to charity. Most of them live in other cities. I think he already had a bobblehead. It was a theme night ticket, and he came and signed autographs for people who had a theme ticket, and I think they had a bobblehead. Oh, this guy is not happy with the Plowhawk. Does Plowsy know that he willingly moved to and continues to live in St. Louis? That's from the reluctant cuck. I, I was talking to Madison. I love St. Louis and hate it at the same time, and I think you can have that feeling after 10-plus years in, a, in an area. You can be I, frustrated with what it's become, that's for sure. This, where I'm living, is certainly an upgrade from where I grew up. 
So it, it, there are positives to St. Louis, but then you go to other cities that are supposedly comparable. You go to Indianapolis. You, I mean, you go to these yeah. places and go, wow, a downtown. Yeah, yeah, makes you sad. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think part of loving something is being able to acknowledge its flaws and wanting it to be better. And yeah. part of experiencing improvement is acknowledging that there are failures. And so that mm-hmm. that's that's part of the deal. Now you can you know verbally orally service people when you're running for office or hosting a show but it's completely disingenuous and from my standpoint gives you no credibility so you know it's it's honest i love man we i'm sure you've had plenty of opportunity i mean you came back from miami Mm -hmm. i came uh you know here and and all my goal was to be in st louis and turn down other opportunities um, but we also be critical. I mean, it would be ridiculous to not observe that the city's on a decline relative to where it was. Take your pick, whether it be 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 30 years ago. So the, 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So Big change from 10 years. I yeah, would agree with that. I would agree with that. But still want it to be better mm-hmm. and still love it. So those two things can exist. And, and sometimes, and it's not much. I mean, that's one person texting in. Um that you have to have this thing where you can't yeah. be critical. Um, I have great respect for the people trying to save it, for the Taylors building the soccer stadium and for the Eddie McVeigh's out there rehabbing their restaurants and trying to make things better the way they were. Great respect for those people. Somebody's got If they didn't do it, I, I shudder to think what the situation would be in right now. There are people trying. You know, they tried to redo Union Station, turn that into an aquarium. Ballpark Village is great. You get outside some of those places, and it's you can just you have to have your eyes closed to not not see what's happening. Uh, Stephen Wildwood, who is a chairman, uh, says I'd rather keep St. Louis the same. I can get almost anywhere with no traffic on any day. Keep cra- keep trashing the city, Plowsy. That's from Chairman well, Stephen. He's in Wildwood. It's kind of always been that way among big cities. It's always been easier to get around here than most other major cities. But I, I trash it. But also, I, how much love I've given St. Louis over the years on air for local restaurants and things that they have done to. You know, certain areas, especially Midtown now with Top Golf, about being complete there. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of things to do. It's just, and then you look at the negative, and the negative always outweighs. I mean, mm-hmm. two step forward, four steps back type of city. Yeah. Molasses. You know, that's how it grows. I know. When I started working downtown in 1988, uh, the downtown area was full of restaurants and Office buildings were filled up. And Bars, the hotels were hopping, and yeah, and now to, to see most of the good restaurants have shuttered, left, either shut down completely or moved to the county. Most of them, a lot of the office buildings empty, some of the hotels empty. I used to, with a couple of other guys that I worked with, we'd walk to the mall down there. Oh have, yeah, have lunch sometime. The mall, of course, long ago. St. Louis empty. Center. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you couldn't hardly get a seat in the food court there at the mall. It was so crowded. And now the, the thought of walking alone that that distance in downtown St. Louis, I thought, I don't think so. You know when I knew it was dead was when Hooters and TGI Friday couldn't handle it down there. Hooters what? is still going. Is it Hooters still going? I think it's one of the few that are still left. So McDonald's left. Which one was like? A couple of McDonald's have left. When a McDonald's and a TGI Friday cannot be downtown Mm -hmm. blocks from, you know, stadiums, that's when you know you got yourself a problem. Those places should always be in business Well, how about the hotel? It used to be the Millennium. I forget what the final name of it was. Hotel right between Bush Stadium and the Arch. You got millions of people a year going to both, and the hotel can't make it. 
And it's sat empty now for what has to be 10 years with no plans at all to renovate it. That's Stouffer's. Used to be Stouffer's. Apparently the asbestos is the real challenging problem in terms of how much I'm sure that's one of a the willing bidder is going to have to pay. That to... Also, the circular design makes it very difficult to rehab and turn it into apartments or something. But it's owned by somebody from Egypt or, or something, and they just have no interest in it. They don't see it. They don't look at it. Oh, well, I guess we blew that $10 million, $15, 20000000 million, whatever they paid for it, and so it sits and it rots. Downtown is done. Old buildings are not worth updating unless they get torn down. I don't know. I don't know. IDK see it ever getting better. Yeah, I, I don't know what Some it would take. I don't know what it would take at this point to really turn it around short of the next Google or something setting up shop in the, in the middle of downtown. I mean, Milwaukee, blo- like two blocks from where the Bucks play, and also where University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee has a very nice campus there, very great century located somewhere to SLU, and there are like five or ten cranes putting up condos, putting up, and like their office buildings are jam packed full. Nothing was. Oh, we're available. The four four flights are mm-hmm. four are available for rent. Like none of that was there. We have it some of booming. that. We have some of that here. It's just not downtown. That's what I meant. We, like we the have downtown it on the effect. hill, and we have some Central West End by the hospitals, and Chesterfield is booming, and St. Charles booming. Right. I it's talked just about not downtown. it on my I think the latest podcast we did. About, I think that one of the things, and I don't think this is limited to St. Louis, I think it's something that is uh, somewhat uh, of dogma when it comes to a region's growth or a city's growth or its stagnation, is you have to have a thriving downtown. And I just am not sure that that's the case. I'm certainly not digging in on the take. I'm just not sure that that is the case. You got to hope not. Yeah, and I just and I I feel like it's it's like okay, the ship sailed. You know, I mean, um, you've been to Phoenix, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Phoenix is not known for downtown Phoenix, and we've stayed down there when we were covering Cardinals and Diamondbacks, I guess, in the playoffs. Phoenix has a variety of different places that have action, for lack of a better term, and downtown Phoenix, I don't even know if would be in the top ten. Houston is a huge city. a downtown Houston is not exactly L.A. Downtown L.A. is not, oh, yeah. you know, taking your life in your hands. Right. You walk downtown L.A. You know, I mean, there's places to go in L.A. Downtown, you certainly can be there, but that's not necessarily the place. And my point was that a number of the cities that are newer, relative to St. Louis, west of the Mississippi. I know, of course, St. Louis is west of the Mississippi, but the newer cities with the population growth uh, downtown isn't necessarily the reason why they are. Thriving. Uh, let's see what this person said. Uh, Tim, your QFTA FMSL uh, epi was great. At one point, you compared Phoenix to Cleveland. I'm unsure about that. What was the similarity again? I don't believe. I don't know what I would have compared Phoenix to Cleveland on, but I don't believe that that. Uh, I, I may have compared it to L.A. or Houston, and I was talking about downtowns and the lack of importance of downtowns. I think that they're overrated. I know it's right now sounds insane to think about the Cardinals not playing in downtown St. Louis, but I would not expect the Cardinals to be in downtown St. Louis 50 years from now. I'd be shocked by it. In the short term, the DeWitts have invested in Ballpark Village, so it's going to continue to have um, that element of it, but I just don't think it's necessary. I just don't. I mean, but again, I'm, I'm open to numbers proving me wrong. This is strictly a speculative 
opinion. Hey, uh, I want to tell people about mentality. Uh, decreased mental acuity, attention span, and stress can cause focus issues on even the most simple tasks, belly fat, feeling bloated, and a lack of lean muscle and tone that used to be easy to get rid of or maintain. Mentality is a local health care facility specifically dedicated to helping men feel and perform at their very best. Uh, it doesn't matter what age you are. Low testosterone can be an issue with any guy. Testosterone therapy helps men regain normal function and restore their ability to perform normally at all levels. Go to LowTUSA.com for Mentality. I went there, and I got checked out. Very easy, very friendly staff. It's Mentality online at LowTUSA.com. Uh, Jesse Kiowski, who handles marketing and events for uh, TMA, texted me last night. Uh, wishing me a happy Father's Day and said, hope you had a great day with your boys and Anna Marie. And I said, thank you. It's been a great day. And she said, I asked how her day was. Uh, her father, of course, is the market manager here at Hubbard St. Louis. So I knew she'd be spending time with him. And she said everything was great until uh, she got a nail in her tire oh. uh, and uh, totally flat. But she called James Carlton's office and they had oh, someone out in 30 minutes. Really? This is on Sunday. James, a boss, man. 314-961-4800 to go online at carltoninsurance.net. Just another example of why James Carlton is incredible. It's James and his staff at Carlton Insurance. 314-961-4800 to go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. All right, it's 835, so it's time to close out the mug and ask St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour. Send your emails in. For our design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day, Iggy has returned. Uh, before we uh, take the break, Iggy, the Strodecast is presented by Paramount Men's Medical mm. Center uh, to eliminate problems in the bedroom. This is free? Call 314-720-8210 for a free initial consultation, free first treatment. Uh, that is at Paramount Men's Medical Center. Uh, and you get a free gift, too. 314-720-8210. Uh, Iggy, it was cloudy earlier this morning. And uh, rainy yesterday, uh, but the forecast this week, it looks like what I would call the bee's knees. Oh. I don't even know why you look at that app. Yeah, I don't know either. I got it right here, Doug. Paramount Men's Medical yeah. uh, Center Strodecast. Yeah, and I apologize. When I drink a bottle of Gatorade, I got to you gotta go, you got to go. I figured I'd get in there quickly and get back in for the Strodecast. Nice. Uh, yeah, clouds are moving out. It's going to be a mostly sunny day. Sweet. I don't think it's going to get to 90, maybe 87, I think. A um, little bit humid today. It's going to feel more like summertime today. Mm. Uh, so that's today. Go out and enjoy it. Strodecast brought to you by Paramount Men's Medical Center. And it's free. You got a free gift. Nailed uh, yesterday's forecast. Did you? Got ED or PE? Enhance your performance in the bedroom and see instant results in your first office visit. Call 314-720-8210. We'll take a break and come back with our 8 o'clock hour here on the Ryan Kelly Morning After from the Michelob Ultra Studios.